we've got animals here that are grazing around the farm in the neighborhood that people get the chance to see. And I think it's great for kids to be here eating pizza and understanding more fully where food comes from. Hello, and welcome to this special bonus episode of Warmly Iowa. Here, you'll learn a little bit more about Marm Beard, who we featured in the episode with Dr. Brian Rumsey. Let us know what you think about this episode. We'd love to hear from you over at our Substack, warmlyia.substack.com, or at warmlyiowa at gmail.com. I do know that I... I've always enjoyed this family, the Beard family, who run this place, who, who live on this farm, own this farm, work this farm, and have decided that they want to continue the tradition of farming sustainably, and they don't use chemicals, and they try to live on the land, I think, in a very responsible, beautiful way. And the pizza farm is something that they decided to try because they can grow what they need, a lot of what they need right here, which is great. They raise some of the vegetables, but mostly they have the hogs, the sheep, and yeah, the pork, and they sell their meat as well, so packages of meat as well as the, uh, the pizzas. So they traveled all over to kind of get this pizza thing going. I remember reading about them when they did a trip to Spain, and they went to all these beautiful places, and many of the people were doing similar things where they were raising their food on the land and then making a business work from that, from that process. So they're a delightful couple and part of the larger family, the Beard family, that's been in this area for many, many, uh, many years. So we just find it a, a beautiful thing for, that Decorah can offer. After a youth spent in rural Wisconsin, Marin Beard attended Luther College in Decorah, Iowa, where she studied environmental studies in Spanish. She fell in love with the area and went on to earn a Master's of Science in Sustainable Food Systems and joined the team at Luther College as the Assistant Director for the Center for Sustainable Communities, where she worked for 10 years on issues related to campus sustainability. These days, Marin works full-time on the family farm. She spends a lot of time in the kitchen during the week making dough, rolling dough balls, and preparing pizza ingredients using their wood-fired oven. And that's how I met Marin behind the bar, greeting customers on pizza night. Martin and Tom are like the world's best people. Yeah. They are the best people in the world. So I like that we're supporting the next generation of farmers who are farming in a way that my great-grandparents farmed. Yeah, yeah it's like we're <laughs> really good friends with Tom and Martin. We hang out with them all through the winter. We're out here for dinner frequently when they're not open here. And Tom and Martin are wonderful. They've done a lot for Decorah and Yeah, it's a wonderful space together, you know, sharing the farm like this. It's, it's awesome. And it's such a gorgeous spot that, you know, you just kind of want to linger. What struck me as I was reviewing this recording was that people just really gravitated toward you and your husband. They were like, you know, it's great. It's great that there's pizza. The pizza's pretty good. But really, we're here for the beards. And that just, I think, is a testament to what you've created that's maybe above and beyond the, you know, the overarching theory that gathering people is going to help with these long-term goals. But it's really about community at the end of the day. It feels like that anyway. 
that's what it's about for us. I mean, we know we do work that we love in a place that we love, and we know that our livelihood is reliant upon our community supporting that and being a part of it. And so we see it as a major goal of ours to give back to the community however we can. So we do pizza nights for nonprofits and give 10% of total sales to this past summer. I think it was eight different nonprofits. Hmm. Wow. So between that and food pantry donations, I mean, we really try to be part of the community in whatever ways that we can. And I think our customers really value that and want to be part of that and helps us all feel like we're doing something collectively, I think, too, while eating pizza and drinking beer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I'm curious now, you're primarily a working farm. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean in terms of your summer work and your year-round way that you approach farming? Yeah. So on our farm, we tend to say that Tom is the farmer, or I say this, Tom's the farmer and I'm the pizza farmer. Um, (laughs) And so that's really kind of how we divide our our work. We're both full-time on the farm, both self-employed. Tom grew up at his parents' Organic Valley Dairy Farm, a half a mile up the road from us. And his brother has now taken that over. So farming is in his blood through and through. He went to school for agriculture, always knew he wanted to farm, and he just loves it. He loves improving the landscape. He loves taking care of animals. He loves providing good food for families in the community through the meat that he produces. So yeah, the work that Tom does, we have 133 acres on our farm, and then we rent some neighbor's pastures for our livestock as well. We rotationally graze in an intensive way, so our sheep are moved to fresh pasture every single day. Even today, it's muddy out, but our pastures are in good shape and the sheep are bale grazing. So they're out on pasture all winter long. And then in the summer, they're eating fresh grass, you know, moving daily. And our beef cattle, so we have a flock of 130 hair sheep. So we lay them in May and those babies all be coming pretty soon. And then we have about 20 beef cattle and our sheep and beef are both 100% grass fed and finished. So no grain whatsoever. In the summer, it's grass. And we're also busy making hay to feed throughout the winter. So we make all of our own food for the animals. So summers are crazy because we're moving fence. We're making hay, trying to plan for, you know, the colder months and uh, taking care of all the baby animals. (laughs) (laughs) That's time. Yeah, he makes hay and he does do about 20 acres of organic corn a year. And we're just kind of rotating through different fields because it's good for the hay to get broken up every five years or so and add some more nutrients and plant corn. So we do some of that. But yeah, Tom, Tom's the farmer. And then on the pizza farm side, I orchestrate the pizza nights that happen on our farm from May through October. And we also have two wall tents that we got. We purchased from our local Girl Scout camp when it got sold. And those are pitched in our Baroque Savannah. And we host guests on the weekends and some midweek stays as well in those tents. And then I, I do the meat marketing, so I sell the meat that Tom produces. Oh, how did you and Tom meet and then decide to create this together? That's a really good question. So Tom was living in Decorah, working at his parents' dairy farm. I was working at the college. We had some mutual friends. And I remember our first date was to, there's this schoolhouse north of here in Highlandville, and they have these really charming dances with the footnotes band. It's a a string quartet that plays waltzes and two-step and polka. And so, yeah, that was our first date. And then there was a summer solstice party after that. 
and you're supposed to stay till dawn. And I think we did. And then Tom had to go milk cows. So it was one of those <laughs> never ending first dates that was magical. And the rest is kind of history. But the pizza farm concept. So Tom had been farming full time. I was working at the college full time. And we have a lot to celebrate in August and September between Tom's birthday, my birthday, our anniversary. So we decided one year, must have been going on six or seven years ago, that we were going to go to three different pizza farms to celebrate. <laughs> so we went to A to Z Produce and Bakery in Stockholm, Wisconsin, and we went to Dream Acres in Wyckoff, Minnesota, and Suncrest Gardens in Cochrane. Yeah, huh. Wisconsin. And so actually A to Z was the last one that we went to. We were taken by all three of them. They were just beautiful. And we love seeing people outside enjoying pizza. And the concept was great. And we've always loved hosting people for dinner parties. We like, you know, improving our farm and making it more beautiful every year and sharing it with people. So on the way home from the third one, A to Z, it's about two and a half hours from here. We were both pretty quiet in the car. And if you know us, you'll know that Tom is a lot quieter than me. So one of us finally broke the ice. I'm sure it was me and said, I think we should do this. That was in September. And then by December, I'd written a long business plan and we had applied for some local funds from the business development group and received them and put a Kickstarter campaign together, secured a loan from the bank and we broke ground next May and we opened on September 1st. So within a year, we kind of dreamed it all up and made it happen and, and launched for our first short season. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going into our sixth full season. How'd it go? Oh, it was so wonderful. I mean, we had no idea what to expect. That first day that we were open, that first night, it's kind of like the first day of school. We were like, is anybody going to come? <laughs> <laughs> Did we prepare way too much stuff or not enough stuff? And But people came. It was just a a really great thing. And we knew it was going to be just something that we would really enjoy. So yeah, in that summer, we had transformed part of our old barn into a commercial kitchen and, you know, gotten that certified and everything and hired staff. And we had no idea what we were doing. I mean, I'd worked in restaurants more in the front end and we both loved to cook, but we'd never had, you know, operated this kind of a thing before. And it turned out to be a ton of fun. And so over the winter, I realized that I couldn't still work full time at Luther, even though I loved my job and do all this at home. And so I made the tough decision to leave and um, I've been full time on the farm ever since. And we love it. Wow. Yeah. Well, and you're still situated near that community. So yes. yes. So at least you have that. <laughs> a ton of students coming out and a ton of Luther college groups. It's really fun to see them. We host a cross-country team every August as I think the end of their training week, they get to come here for pizza. Oh, fun. <laughs> yeah. it's. I was so struck by Decora and your farm in particular. It's just so beautiful. And what would you say is the future of farming? Oof. <laughs> I know that's a big topic. I mean, it is a really big topic, but I mean, all we can do is continue to learn. And for us, what's really important is to try to do the best that we can in the place where we live. Our farm is really hilly and it would not feel responsible to us to till it all up all the time. Livestock really work well with this landscape. And so that's what we've chosen to do. We can have those deep rooted grasses. We move them around a lot. So the impact on the land that those animals have is minimal. 
and actually they're benefiting the land by leaving their manure behind, adding fertility to our fields. So we really like to see the improvements that our farm has seen over the last 10 years that we've owned it through grazing and other management practices that we do. So I'd say the future of farming is that we need to make sure we're keeping human communities and the ecosystem kind of in mind as we're making decisions, thinking about who lives downstream and how, how what we're doing and how we're farming is affecting other creatures and beings and the future. You know, we're not perfect by any means. We're still learning and growing and trying to do the best we can. But certainly those questions weigh heavily on the balance for us. Mm. You know, it's not just about making the most money that we can. It's really about we're going to be here for a long time. And, you know, we're in our late 30s and we'll be farming here for a long time and hopefully living here for longer than that. So it's really important to us that we're able to make a living throughout the rest of our lives and not just this year. Yeah. And create sort of that sustainability, right? Right. And resiliency, I think, is becoming more of a word that we're thinking about, too. Just how are we building resiliency into what we're doing in the face of climate change and significant weather events that we're seeing? So, I mean, one thing we did in 2020 was work with the NRCS. There was this cost share program to build a flood mitigation structure. So it's essentially a 22-foot dam that in the case of a 500-year flood event would catch that water before it runs across our farm into the creek and then would cause more flooding downstream for our neighbors. So more of our work, I would say, is through practices that we're doing, but that was a structure and infrastructure piece that we did Hmm. that hopefully will have a long-term impact and positive impact. Yeah, so yeah, it really puts a new meaning to the word downstream. When I think of downstream, I think of, oh, we're our current generation and, you know, our children are going to eventually have to take over from this earth that we leave behind. And what you described is actually a very literal, like, if rain happens, this crazy storm, it will affect people mm-hmm. now. I think that's probably a lot of the disconnect with talk around, I mean, I don't know because I'm I'm not an expert, but I often wonder with the talk about climate change, the disconnect is not being able to see the now, but there is, there is a now that could be affected. There is a now. And I think knowing your neighbors, like we do fortunately know our neighbors pretty well. It does help you think about those things because you care about those people and you want to do what you can to protect them. And Mm -hmm help them also so their livelihood is not impacted by things that you're doing on your farm. Yeah. Nothing we do is perfect, but we do think about things and and try to be good neighbors and community members with how we're farming and how we're operating our businesses. That makes sense. Well, um, I wanted to ask if you had anything else you wanted to add to the conversation. Boy, other than to invite folks up for pizza, we love to meet new folks and we'd love to host you here in our small farm in, in Northeast Iowa. I think for me, it just brings me a ton of joy to be able to source so many ingredients from other small farms. And then all of our drinks are from local cideries and breweries. So the economic impact of what we're trying to do, I think is pretty significant. I say it all the time, but I think pizza is the perfect canvas for local food and highlighting the beauty of what is produced in this place. Seasonal local food always is going to taste the best. And so it's really fun for us to get to use such beautiful ingredients on our pizza. Yes, yes. So we love what we do. We're always happy to share it with other people and come out and join the pizza party. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and it is a party. (laughs) 
bring your bubble machines and your frisbees and your a good time. <laughs> How can people find you online? So I try to keep our website up to date, lunavalleyfarm.com. And I'm less active on social media in the winter, but we are on Facebook and Instagram as well. Mm. You can find us there. Well, thank you again for sharing all of these insights. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was lovely to chat. Yes. Thanks so much for joining us for this special bonus episode. Let us know what you think. If you like these bonuses, we'll make sure to keep recording them. I'm your host, Sarah Davis. Ted Craig is the editor and producer. Thank you to Footnotes for letting us add some of your polka music to today's episode. As my dad liked to sign off on his letters, take care and own your adventure. <laughs>